0: Well, welcome back to the care team podcast this is March 17 2022 st Patrick's day uh, it's episode 79 and uh, uh, today our topic is healthy boundaries and uh, as always our go-to verse is romans 12 too, so change your mind change your life but before we get started uh, we uh, we wanted to uh, in celebration of st <laughs> Patrick's day uh, we wanted to, to just tell some jokes you know there's there's a lot of some of the jokes we we as we were looking up are not so good, so we tried to filter out <laughs> a few of these. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna kick it over
1: to to Tom. All right, here's a knock knock joke for you. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Pat. Tat- Pat who? Pat, your jacket on. We're late for the St. Patrick's <laughs> Day parade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, what do you get when you combine a four leaf clover with poison ivy? What? A rash of good luck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> these We're so stupid. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, I don't have <laughs> anything. You just <laughs> you, can't top <laughs> ours. Your <That's... laughs> are so much better than mine. So. Come on, Tommy. Come uh, on. <laughs> what's uh, Dwayne Johnson's Irish
1: nickname? The Shamrock.
0: The Shamrock, it is. Wow. Ooh. It is. Ooh. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Well, as we uh, as I'm we dive to, in today, I'm trying to picture that, yeah, Irish <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. I mean, like there, there, there was there was a lot. <laughs> Give well, us another one, Tommy. Yeah, there, there was a. Uh, I'm trying to find the the one I had. It basically talked about you know, um, uh, what what is what do leprechauns call humans? And <laughs> what the, the green giant? Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, but we're not green. Why do they call us Green Giants?
0: I don't know. That's what the joke said, so it wasn't my joke. And that
1: is why we skipped
0: several of the Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're trying not to offend anyone uh, also because we know we have listeners to Ireland, so if you're listening along. (laughs) We're sorry. uh, Yeah, we're sorry (laughs) for so many reasons.
1: (laughs) Chalk it up as America.
0: It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What did the Irish referee say at the end of the soccer match?
1: I'm scared to. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Game clover. I, oh, that man. was the dad yeah, joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so as we dive in, though, um, you know, we um, uh, in the care ministry, uh, we have uh, you know just a, a wide range of resources for folks who are uh, navigating through a wide variety of addictions. And uh, I know uh, Tom, you and I, we talked a while back about you know the idea of tough love, and and, and I really like your idea about you know just reframing that to to healthy boundaries and and doing that well in a biblical manner. So, um, so yeah, it, what, what are some of your, uh, like a high level overview, what are some things we should consider with healthy boundaries when we're, or either navigating through these seasons
1: with, uh, let's say a a spouse or a child or a friend or, yeah, no, great. Um, well per our conversation prior to the, the podcast, uh one is that you need to know that whether an addict recognizes it or not, they crave structure. <clears throat> Pardon me. So um as as you're thinking about your loved one, you're thinking about, you know, it's I don't want to do this to them, they're not gonna respond well. Even if they don't initially respond well, you need to know that God has really kind of placed in us uh the desire and the need to have structure in our lives. And so one of the most loving things you can do is to provide boundaries for those in your life that are struggling with addiction and not just boundaries, but very, very firm boundaries. Um, Lori, I know you and I've had conversations in the past. If you're going to set a boundary, make sure it's a boundary you can stick to as much as needing the other person to stick to the right. boundary.
0: Yeah. Well, and one thing too, you know, uh uh, obviously, this is a uh, you know, we we come from a Christ-centered worldview, and uh, and and so we were talking to like beforehand. Uh, I was reading a few articles, just different things like that, just trying to wrap my head around. You know, how can what are, what are some of the latest things coming out with healthy boundaries, and how can we do that well? Uh, one of the articles I came across was uh, by Doctor uh, Lambert. He's the executive director of a uh, association of certified biblical counselors and uh, if you don't know his story it's it's he, he actually has his own story of, of growing up with his, one of his parents was uh, struggling with alcoholism um, but it, it was interesting that he uh, mentioned uh, Romans 6:16 and, and the reference to slavery and so uh, I was I was talking to the team earlier and it was just interesting you know trying to deep dive on that word slavery and and you know and, and what that means uh, in and and Dr. Lambert, he talks about, you know, the the correlation between the word addiction and slavery and how uh, you can quickly become enslaved, uh, you know, you, you don't even know it, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, maybe later today or if not in another podcast about alcoholism and things like that. But uh, one interesting thing I, I, I pulled up was when I was doing a, a Greek study was uh, some of the similarities with that that word. And it there was just this, uh, this strong... Um, uh, allegiance, you know, when somebody's struggling with addiction, there was a strong desire, the strong allegiance, the strong commitment to whatever it is they're addicted to. Mm-hmm. And, and just uh, as, as we're trying to set up the, the conversation for healthy boundaries, just to really understand like it's not a just snap out of it, you know, right. it, there's, there, there's a lot more to it. So, yeah,
2: it, it's kind of funny that you said that the just snap out of it because I have found myself with people in my life just stop. Just stop it. It's that easy. And, you know, I realize, you know, as, you know, we've walked through some things, it's just, it's not that easy. And it's just like, you feel like the person you're talking to just can't see. And it's because they, they have that allegiance you talked, you talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, you, you mentioned so importantly that where we come from, our, our biblical view, our faith, how important that is to how we tackle recovery, boundaries, addiction, um, but in in fairness to even some of the secular twelve step programs, a lot of people show up there kind of expecting, I don't know, maybe, you know, more psychology or whatever, but even AA says that only an act of providence can can solve the addiction issue. Mm-hmm. So while it is a disease and affects the body and the mind and, and all of that, by the time someone is so addicted that they can't stop of their own willpower, only God has the strength in their life to remove that obsession and compulsion. And so just to the points that have been made about, it's not as simple as just tell the person to stop. Now with that said, why we're talking about boundaries today is because you are not responsible for that person's sobriety. And in fact, we used to tell people all the time, um, if you care more about someone's recovery than they do, you're both going to end up sick they they have to be the ones motivated to change and when they are i would encourage you to go the next mile with them but if they're not ready to change and they're not ready if they haven't surrendered that's the important word here if they're not in a surrender then boundaries are also to keep you safe and healthy as well yeah it's not just for their good and to set structure in their life but to prevent their hurt and sickness from becoming your hurt and sickness mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, and and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but we did that uh, crucial conversations video. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, his name yeah, either. I can't remember his name either. But it was interesting that like he, uh, I think, was a, a friend of he like befriended this this kid or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, true story. And uh, the the this this person he befriended um, uh, struggled with addiction of some tor- sort. I can't remember now what it was. And uh, this this guy noticed that things were missing in his home, and so he had security cameras installed and then it happened again and he he saw who it was it was that person he had befriended Mm -hmm. and it was it was interesting a story to to cut to the to the end uh he he brought the kid in and said look he goes i i I know what's going on Mm -hmm. and uh, i need to call the police because this is a criminal act and it's not it's not out of this the it's not just for the sake of justice, but it's because he loved him. That's right. He said, "Look, you know, I, uh, I, I right. it's because it's 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 this like firm, like you know, we, I'm going to love you, but I, I need to be firm on this, right. and we can't bend on any of these rules. That's so right. Yeah. It was just a really, really great, you know, example, uh, a real life, tangible example of how you can do that well. If 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 things like you know, when it comes to rules and structure and consequences and how you can do that. Uh, still in a very loving
1: manner. Yeah, I've um, had the opportunity and the honor of um, both professionally and personally helping a lot of addicts over my adult life. And a conversation that's never easy to have but is important and loving and has to do with boundaries is telling someone you can do whatever you want Or you can call me your sponsor. By the way, sponsor is mentor in in recovery speak. But you can do whatever you want or call me sponsor, but you can't do both. Mm -hmm. If you've asked me to help you, then I'm going to set up a framework for how to help you. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to be better, you're going to follow that. And you don't have to. There's nothing that says that I even have to be somebody's mentor or sponsor. But if you've asked me, then you want to do the things that I'm going to suggest for you to do. And one of the really hard things I've had to tell people that's come out of that when they won't follow that and I see them going down the road to relapse is my job isn't to watch you destroy yourself. Mm -hmm. I want to help you. I want to love you. I want to see you get better. But if you are bent on hurting yourself and not getting in recovery and relapsing over and over again, then figuratively speaking, you're going to have to go do that over there because my job is not Mm -hmm. to watch you destroy yourself. And I'm certainly not going to go down with that person. Right. And those can be really, really hard conversations to navigate and to have. And it's hard for us sometimes to see that as the loving thing, but Mm -hmm. to your point and to the story that you (laughs) shared, sometimes the tougher the conversation, the more loving that really is Mm -hmm. to just say, here's your boundary. And, I think at the end of that story is that the guy did go do his time, but they kept their relationship yeah, I, thought, I think and, so. right? Yeah, and, uh, and that the guy realized yeah. that I'm being loved right now, that I do need to, you know, pay for my crimes, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that created a deep commitment to one another in relationship, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important. What,
0: what was that one thing you, you shared a, a couple times where you, you talked about um, – Specifically with sponsors, like they they would th- like routinely they'll say, uh, like the the sponsoree is that sponsee yeah. excuse yeah. me sponsee uh would come back and be like hey you know the sponsor would be like did you work on the things we talked about and yes. the yes. said, yeah the sponsee said no
1: it was like that uh, i'll share that uh, and i'll tell on myself or something that was like first that. used on me and, and i went to my yeah. mentor and i said you know i'm struggling with this and he said well didn't we talk about this last weekend when you were here and i'm like yeah and he goes well i suggested these three things for you to do did you do them and i said no and he goes, well, then we don't have anything to discuss.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and he wasn't having an ego trip because he wasn't saying these will work perfectly. He was saying, if you're seeking a solution and I've offered it and you don't even try to take it, how do we have anything to talk about? And he even went on to say, now, if you did them and they didn't work, mm-hmm. come back and we'll go to the right. drawing board together. But why do we have anything to talk about if you haven't tried these things first? Yeah. And yeah. it made a lot of sense. And I've, I've passed that on to others since.
0: Well, and, and you know, too, uh, I, I, it, it's so important. And you know, we were talking about um, uh, in, a, in a planning session uh, today about the importance of love. And uh, I, I know, Tom, you have a huge heart for. I mean, we we all have a huge heart, but I know, like specifically, uh, talking about some events coming up and how we just want to be a, a place where we're known, uh, where you can come, it's safe, and you are loved here. And you know, I think about you know when we're when we're establishing these healthy boundaries. Um, you know, one thing I came across was just uh, being intentional about saying that we love people and to just make sure that that's articulated well and that the message is received well. Um, you know, one thing uh, I talked about uh, and one of the things I read was talking about, um, you know, if if we tell somebody, like, if we think about, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll use the phrase tough love for a second, you know, where it's like you're trying to <laughs> explain to them you love them, but then you're trying to establish these tough, firm rules, uh, which are necessary and they repeat back and all they hear is the rules, then, uh, it was, what was it saying? It was like, uh, basically you should take that moment to reiterate how much you love them. Mm. And on the mm-hmm. flip side of all they're hearing is the grace and the love. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm glad you're hearing that, but I also need you to hear that these are the rules. Mm-hmm. And if you need to repeat it multiple times just to make sure, because sometimes, and, and, and maybe you've seen that in your history is where, where people only pick up on certain things. And it's like, no, we, this also has to be part of it as well
1: yeah um and that is really tough with addicts because um most addicts i know and i'm going to say this in a kind way are charmers Mm -hmm. um have have a lot of charisma have a lot of charm have learned how to talk to people to get what they want and it's very easy to sort of fall into this kind of get lulled into this trust that really they haven't earned Mm -hmm. and when you then realize that's what's happening and you suddenly put on boundaries then all they see is sort of a hand in their face and being turned away. Mm-hmm. And and I just encourage people, You s- you actually said it really well, Tommy, but I just encourage people that's an opportunity to just say, you know, it's because I love you that I'm doing this. In other words, mm-hmm. if I feed into your behavior, I'm feeding into behavior that could destroy your life. We've talked about it as a team before about confronting sin in general. If I really care about my fellow man, and I see them in sin, and I understand that sin can destroy a life, then I'm going to confront that sin. Not because I'm rude, not because I don't like the person, but for the exact opposite of I don't want your sin to destroy your life. It's the same way with an addict. The most loving thing I could possibly do is hold up a boundary because a boundary is like a mirror that reflects that person's behavior back to them. Mm -hmm. And that is the most loving thing we can do. I worked with teenage addicts in Southern California, a long time back now, feel old, uh, back in 2004 <laughs> to 2006 time frame, and um, wealthy kids really well to do had every opportunity um, in life that you could possibly have. And they were all drug addicted and the parents would come in and, and be talking. And, and I took my cues from my boss at that time. And we were very consistent in this message and they would say, you know, my kid goes and runs the streets for two weeks comes home, kind of rests up, and goes back out. And they said, what should we do? And we said, change your locks. And they looked at us like we were from the moon. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. said, because that's the most loving thing you can do. If they can get a rest every two weeks, come get a hot meal, a shower, sleep on the couch for three days, and then go back out, you've really just enabled their addiction. Mm -hmm. If they go the one place I had to go to where I could escape and get a rest, I can't anymore, they'll have to really take stock of their life and what they're doing and where they're headed. Now, is there a danger in that? Yes. Yes, there is, but it's still the most loving thing Mm -hmm. to do to say, I've got to set this boundary with you.
2: I I think though, sometimes when you're that person, you know, trying to set the boundaries, you, excuse me, or you convince yourself that if I could just get them to see this from my perspective, you know, all the lights would come on they would say, Oh, I'm going to change my behavior or, or maybe this is the time they're finally going to change. So I'm going to give them one more chance, and then okay, this is the time. It's, it's it's easy to get trapped in that cycle. I think.
0: Yes. Well, and and uh, one thing too, I I, I just wanted to uh, to circle back around, and uh, is you were talking briefly before we got started about this idea of like restlessness, and, and we were, we were all talking about how like uh, when people are. Uh, actively using whether they're they're in their same using behavior or they they've have a modified using behavior uh, that there's just like a, for lack of better words like chaotic mm-hmm. if you would. And so k- do you mind like unpacking that and just talking about the importance of boundaries and how that kind of yeah that, that kind of tailors that a little bit kind of shapes that?
1: Yeah, so um when you think about addiction, you think about um almost a restless soul. You, you started to use that word, Tommy, and I think that's a really good word. Um, we kind of call, um, there was a great, there's an author M Scott Peck. And if you get a chance to read his book, uh, the road less traveled, it was super popular in the nineties. It was a bestseller. Um, he was, a uh, he Catholic and then he became born again. He was also an army psychologist, neat dude. And he wrote, he, he wrote four stages of spirituality. And the first stage he wrote was an antisocial chaotic, Mm -hmm. someone devoid of God, someone devoid of structure and rules. But God has created us to not move towards chaos, but away from chaos. Mm -hmm. And so an addict is caught in the loop of their own addiction and their own chaos, but they are craving, craving structure. They're craving someone to tell them where they start and stop and where the next person starts and stops and where their limits are and what's okay and what's not okay. And so even though, and we kind of started the the cat the podcast with this, even though they're going to initially push back on you, believe us when we tell you they're craving it, they want it. And God is going to strengthen you. The Holy Spirit is going to work through you to help them if you'll allow that. And, and I wanted to go back to, to Tommy's original point. We talk a lot about different types of love, and I think... Again, for sometimes for the sake of discussion, it's okay. But really what we're saying is there's just different facets of love. It's all love. God is love. And if we'll allow his Holy Spirit to help us, because what's love in one situation is not love in another. For example, when my kids were little, we've talked about this a lot, they run into traffic. Mm-hmm. I'd give them a little swat on their seat because that was a language that spoke to them. Now, they didn't like that. Mm -hmm. but it was the loving thing to do to keep them out of traffic and from getting hit by a car. Now that my kids are old and can reason, it would be awful if I swatted them. So I sit down and I have a discussion with them. And that is the loving thing to do now in this situation. So situations call for different aspects of love. And I don't pretend to get it right every time, and neither will you. But if you ask God to guide you and you ask his Holy Spirit, You'll know the moments to be softer with your person and the moments to be firmer with your person and trust that to yeah. be obedient to that.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that kind of leads me into my next uh, question I had, or I guess kind of thing I was thinking about was, you know, as we prepare for solutions, because I know like uh, Tom and I, we've talked for years about how we want to, we want to understand the situation, but we also want to, we want to spend a tremendous amount of effort and energy in solutions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as I think about solutions, like one of the things that comes to my mind is something I learned a long time ago is just spend time in God's word, spend time praying, spend more time in God's word, spend time praying, and and really get your, uh, you know, like just your your head wrapped around like God's plan and how, how, how Jesus would dive into this situation. Cause that, that, that that's really our ultimate example of, of who we look to you know, but uh, but and we want to do that because we you know, we're also commanded to love our neighbor as ourself. and so as we're doing that, and we're, and we're getting ready to uh, help our loved one or our, our spouse or, or whoever else, uh, maybe in the season, a friend, uh, we we want to love them as ourselves, and so like, how would we want someone to approach us mm. and to to care for us, and so. Um Lori, do you do you want to talk um or do you mind talking about some of the, the things we offer here at Northside, whether it be you know, in-house or partners or groups and
2: things like that? Uh yeah, sure. So first of all, we talk about you know Care Night a lot. On Care Night we offer celebrate recovery, um, which is not only for those who suffer with, you know, any kind of addiction, anybody with any kind of hurt habit or hang up. Um that's that's Monday nights at six thirty. Uh, We also do a little bit of in-house counseling. If you call the church, um, we can help you out with that, you know, a a couple of times. And and we have several really good Christian counselors that we can refer you out to.
0: Yeah. Well, and there was also that, uh, you know, one of the things that I I, I remember we talked about as a team, and I don't don't remember the name of it, but uh, I think we looked at it briefly. Wasn't there like an app or something like that where you could could either set up, it it either had like common places where, uh, you know, if it was a, it was, a, a, let's say, a substance abuse site where people were trading, you know, like exchanging drugs and stuff. Or, or maybe you could just set up and be like, "Hey, this particular place, like, will, um, will cause me to to, to uh, fall into temptation." It was some kind of an app. Which I
2: remember like, that. I don't like remember what it was or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the app, but I think you're bringing up a really good point, and that is that part of what we want to do is train addicted people to set up their own boundaries. Yeah. And one of the things Tommy's talking about is what we call people, places and things in recovery. And that is what are the the people, places and things that are triggers for you? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I drove home the same way every day and I passed the same liquor store, then probably one of the boundaries I need to set up, even if it's five minutes longer, is that I find a different drive. Yeah. Home. Yep. If uh, you know, uh, Bill and Ted were my uh, drinking buddies. Uh, you know, I probably don't need to be alone with them somewhere. It's not to say I can't still be friendly with them mm-hmm. because we we want to always be able to extend uh, Christ and the gospel. And if we cut off everybody, we can't do that. But if you know the three of you alone together means beer, then don't be alone with those guys. Yeah. So right. we we part of the reason we hold our own boundaries with the people in our lives that are struggling with addiction is to model that it's possible, and that they too can set up these boundaries. So I apologize that I don't remember what that app I, was, but I uh, think it's good for people to know that those types of apps exist. Right. Yeah,
0: basically, just to say that there that there's many things that you can get. I mean, that uh, can be additional tools. You know, one one thing I, I know we're we're running close to time here, but you know, one thing I think about too is interventions. And and as I was as I was prepping for today, I was thinking about. Uh, a Seinfeld episode. I don't know if y'all remember that or not, where they, they did an intervention for a friend of theirs. And it started out with like this small group of people. And while they're waiting on the guy to show up, like all these other people kept coming <laughs> in, including Kramer, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, and so, and then Kramer brought some buddies and, and all of a sudden you got this huge group of people. and I was like, Oh, Hey, Hey, Hey man, we're here for a, uh, and it was in this, this, the guy that they had the intervention <laughs> for didn't even know half these people and, and nor should they have even been there. So right. I, 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 I say all that just to kind of help the point stick a little more, uh, in that you know interventions are helpful, but uh, you know, and I'm I'm not sure about you know uh, Lori or Tom's experience, but I mean like a few things I'm thinking of like is to spend time planning and preparing. You know, you don't want to just do it on a whim. Definitely want to spend a lot of time in prayer and just uh you know, you know if you remember anything, just like don't 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 bring in any extra people to spectators. You know, try to keep it as small as possible. And only the key people as well, because it's no, uh, good, and trusted
1: people. Yeah. I've been a part of a few formal interventions, um, especially back when I was an addictions counselor. Mm. And um, You're absolutely right, Tommy. And it ought to be people that, um, you know, we talk about intimacy and connection a lot in, in regards to discipleship, and this is no different they're not going to want to hear from somebody that's a marginal person in their life. But if their mom and dad, their brother, their sister, their best friend, Mm -hmm. their spouse, their girlfriend, boyfriend, Mm -hmm. if these folks are speaking into the life, it's going to carry weight yeah, because they know these folks care for them. Mm -hmm. So this isn't an agenda. This isn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, mean, this is really coming from a place of care. So I think that's an excellent point. And, and before we're totally done and this kind of goes along with some of the resources, we're encouraging people um, although Al-Anon is a secular program, there are a lot of God-fearing, God-loving people in that program, and that is the that is the longest program in existence that helps families and friends of alcoholics and addicts. And they really know from personal struggles how to to create healthy boundaries. Many people staying married even when there's addiction in the marriage. Um, I mean that. That may not sound like a lot to some people listening today, but I can tell you that that ends a lot of marriages. And these are folks that have learned to live happily within the boundaries of their marriage, even when the other person is continuing to struggle with addiction. So I would just recommend if you're hearing this and you go, yeah, I love what you guys are sharing, but this isn't enough. That would be a great place. And we have, as part of our CR, our Celebrate Recovery, a codependency group uh, female only at this time. So, so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, 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 and and a very strong group and a group that continues to grow. So if you are uh, a woman of any age and you're struggling with codependency and and how to create those healthy boundaries, we'd love to see you Monday night on six thirty. If you're a man and 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 you're struggling um, right now, we d- we don't offer a group for that, but I know Tommy or myself would be happy to sit down with you and and I would recommend Al Anon. Uh, just as a place to start, but just wanted to mention that before we're finished. Yeah, and then as always, I want to give a final comment to Lori.
2: Well, Tom just mentioned Al-Anon. Um, just in case you're not familiar, you can you can literally Google, and there's probably six Al-Anon groups around your area, and you know every day of the week. Yeah,
0: That's I great. love that. Well, as we get a wrap up, we're reminded that uh, you know as Tom always says, prayers primary. So would you mind praying
1: us? I'm gonna I'm gonna slingshot it over to Lori today. And ask Lori to close us in prayer today. Oh yeah, <laughs> she yeah. looks excited yeah. about it. Everybody, <laughs> we, we we love it when Lori prays.
2: So. Oh, Father God, thank you so much um, for this opportunity just to seek speak some truth and wisdom into the lives of people who may be struggling and lost, and and just don't don't know how to address their problems, don't know where to look, don't know where to go for help. Um, we ask you that you. Just be with those people that you give them the courage to, to step forward and to make some changes and to set to set good hard boundaries with people in their lives. We thank you um, for this platform and for the people that are a part of it. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. amen.
0: Amen. Don't forget, you can catch this episode or others at 7 a.m. on Thursdays on Facebook, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, or YouTube. You can also go to care for additional resources, and we also will add some additional links to this, uh, this website as well to get you some additional connections. Love you guys. We'll catch you next week.